Well, good morning and grateful for my dear brothers in Christ who have already led us in a time of prayer and a time of singing. And I was just thinking to myself, what does this look like in each and every home right now? Are you singing or are you reflecting upon the words? This is a lot different than what we're used to. And we've said that many times and we're just trying to wrap our minds around what's going on day to day. Uh, but what doesn't change is that God is good, that God is in control, and God knows all things. And we joyfully submit all of our wonder, all of our frustration, all of our confusion, and trying to figure things out. All of these things we submit to God, and we know that He is good, and, and that's where we find our rest. He is where we find our rest. Good morning. We're glad that you're joining us through live stream. And this is an empty room, uh, but we feel like we're taking the best measure, as we said last week, uh, in doing our part to stop the spread of, of COVID-19. Uh, and, and I don't want to focus too much on the virus today. Uh, we addressed that last week, and I know we've heard a lot about it, right, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I want to get quickly to the scriptures. But before I do, um, as a child, I loved uh, watching WWF, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, um, Andre the Giant. I mean, these were greats in my mind. And at that young age, I did think that that wrestling was real. And then as I got older, I realized that it wasn't. But I saw something this week that I was fascinated by and wondered why they're still carrying it on. But WWE uh, is still holding live matches. Nobody's in the audience. It's just these guys acting on stage and I found myself watching this going, wow, why, why are they still doing this? Because without the audience around, it takes so much away from the event itself. And I guess they feel that's the best decision for them. And I'm sure a lot of uh, avid wrestling fans are watching uh, week to week. But as I think about that and I look out and I see these empty pews, I just want to say that uh, we miss you. Um, we miss gathering together as the local church. And you say, hey, man, it's only been two weeks, but that's a long two weeks. And we look forward to the day in which we gather back together in a room like this where we can hear each other's voices as we sing and where we can comfort one another through our faithfulness in Christ by being here and also seeing one another open up the Bible and hearing the turning of pages as we go to the scripture reference and as we preach from the word and read from the word. And so I look forward to that day when we gather back together. Um, I'm thinking as I look to my right over here, I'm missing brothers like uh, Mr. Lonnie, uh, who would always lead in the clapping after each song and a hearty amen. I miss you, brother. And I'm just trusting that you're amening as we go along uh, today. Uh, down here to my right in the front row where our teenagers sit, a uh, few rows, and just their faithfulness and, and watching them take notes and watching them lean forward and listening during the service and engaging in the singing. Uh, we miss seeing you teenagers here this morning. And, and over to my left where our college students sit and, and I think about those uh, young men who sit on the front row as well, leaning forward. And we miss all of you college students. We know that you're probably back home right now. Uh, we love you. We miss seeing your faces. Just to the church body, I, I could keep going on. I think about Miss Carolyn Christian, who comes, and she's over 90 years of age. And think about that for 90 years. She's, she's never faced a time like this uh, where we're not meeting on a Sunday morning. 
And so we love you, Miss Carolyn, and thank you for your faithfulness to Christ. Such an encouragement uh, to us. So we're going to continue forward. And, and I've thought about it in this way as well. Like when my wife and, and children go travel to see maybe her sister and family for the weekend, and if I need to stay behind, I must admit, it's, it's a little nice for the first few hours, maybe even the first day, to have a day to myself. And I know my wife's giving me that look right now uh, through the camera. Uh, but it, it's nice. But then after a day, man, I'm ready for the family to come home. I'm ready for us to gather together. I'm calling throughout the day, texting and saying, I look forward to your return. And, and that's really how I feel. And as we as pastors feel today, uh, seeing you again in this place. Uh, but until then, we are going to be confident. We're going to remain confident in Christ Jesus. And that's what I have to share with you today from God's Word. And so if you will, open up to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be in verses 19 through 25. And if you do have that pew Bible at home, it's page uh, 1007. Uh, but open up a copy of God's Word, and, and aren't you grateful that you have the Bible that we can hold into our hands? What a rich treasure. As you're turning there today, I just want to speak to you for a few minutes um, on the church and that we are confident, not forsaken. We're confident, but not forsaken. And we'll break that down through the scripture. And as you're turning to Hebrews, you think, when will we get back to the book of John? Honestly, that may just wait until we all gather together again. But week to week, just praying, Lord, what scriptures should we go to um, and knowing that we're going about it in the same way, we're going to break down the passage uh, verse by verse. And that is our goal for today. So read with me Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As we always do, let us pray and ask God's blessings as we move forward. Father, thank you for your word. May we dig into your word now and see once again the truth that is before us. May our hearts, may our minds, may our eyes be fixed on Christ Jesus. And may we as the church be a confident people, but we know we are not forsaken. And may we not forsake the assembling of ourselves. Help us to understand how we are to worship, how we are to gather together in these days. As we are in uncertain days when it comes to how we go about our everyday life. But Lord, what is certain is that you reign we trust in you. We thank you that you are sovereign and over all things. We continue to worship you. We ask your blessings on our time in your word today. And we do pray for those who are watching that may not know Christ, who have not been living for Christ, 
Would you work in their hearts, even right now, just grip their attention. May their mind be set on Christ Jesus, on the Scriptures today. May they take hold of what they hear today. And may they trust fully in Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, The first thing I want to point out to you in Hebrews chapter 10 is that the church confidently relies upon the work of Christ. We confidently rely upon the work of Christ. We see this in verses 19 through 22. Confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. When we consider the blood of Christ being shed for sinners, it purifies us. It washes away our sins. But not only does the blood of Christ wash away our sins, but it makes us new, a new creation. and puts us in a right standing before God. We need to be in this right standing because naturally, as we're born into this world, we're not in a good standing with God because we come from the first Adam who sinned and rebelled against God. So we needed a better Adam. We needed Jesus who came as the second Adam. And all throughout the book of Hebrews, we see that Jesus is just the better of whatever came before. So he is the better Adam. Uh, He is the better high priest as we see today. But it's because of his blood that we have been washed clean, made new, put into a right standing before God by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain. That is, through His flesh. When you consider the curtain, there was a curtain that used to hang within the temple. And it was a thick curtain. And only the high priest could go behind that curtain to make intercession for the people. That happened once a year. But then that that veil was torn from top to bottom. When Christ said, it is finished. He said that when he was on the cross. You see, Christ's body was beaten. It was bruised. He was cut open. He was nailed to a cross. He was mocked. He was scorned, spat upon. People would say things like, if you're the Christ, then why don't you come down from the cross? But he is the Christ. He was the Christ as he came. And he went to the cross and he stayed on the cross. Because this is a powerful act, not not a weak act. We needed him to go to the cross to shed his blood so that through Christ Jesus, we could enter into a right relationship with God. For our old way, our deadness of sin uh, held us captive, kept us from worshiping God, kept us from thinking high thoughts of God, from worshiping him uh, in purity and truth. Uh, We relied on the old flesh. We were confident in our old ways. In our sin, although our sin continued to let us down and lead us down to roads of destruction, we still relied upon the flesh. That is until the grace of God came upon us and awakened us to our need for Jesus. Remember that our old sinful flesh fails to uphold the righteous requirements of God. So we couldn't just freely come before God and worship because maybe we thought that we were a good person or somebody around us affirmed us to say, you know, you're really good. Like God would be pleased with you. But none of us are good. No, not one. The only way in which we can be considered good, the only way in which we can be considered right, is to look to Jesus and to come through Christ and to worship God the Father. So, our sinful flesh flesh fails to uphold the righteous requirements of God, but the flesh of Christ prevails over sin and secures our righteous standing before God. 
So it is in Christ that we find our righteousness. We enter through the veil. We enter through Christ Jesus and have a rich, pure relationship with God. Maybe during this time it's brought awareness to you that you haven't been trusting in Christ as you should. You haven't been praying like you should or reading the Bible. I want to encourage you that if you're looking to Christ Jesus right now, worship God. Draw close because it's been made available to you by the grace of God. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The only way in which we can worship God and find our confidence in going before the throne of God is through Jesus Christ. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, Jesus Christ is our great high priest. He is interceding on our behalf, meaning there's no need for a physical temple to be rebuilt. No need for other priests to come along and serve. We have the great high priest serving on our behalf, making intercession for us at the right hand of the throne of God. What a great truth that we hold to. This is reality. So when it seems that your reality has been shaken and turned upside down, flipped around, no, the reality is that Christ still reigns. And Christ is interceding on our behalf. He is the only priest that you need to go to. He's the only priest that we confess our sins to and trust that he leads us into right relationship with God the Father. You know, we've said this week that the church is not brick and mortar. And that is true. If you drive by on Perimeter Road and you look to this building, you're, you're seeing a church building, a place that's built for the church to gather together. Now, I've shared this many times with the Perimeter family, but when I was a child, I was taught this, that here's the church and here's the steeple, open up the door and comes out all the people. But, but really, uh, this is just a building with a steeple and you open up the door and comes out the church. I mean, there's church goes forth. Church, it's a group of people. But the building is important. And us gathering together is vitally important. Let us not put that aside. But also, we are a building, a God building one stone upon another by His grace. He's building one redeemed person after another redeemed person after another redeemed person, bringing them together for His glory. And Christ presides over that building. Christ reigns. Take hope, take joy today, take confidence. Christ is reigning over you. He presides over His redeemed people. Aren't you grateful that we have a great high priest? It's always made available to us. Not, uh, but a year ago, went to Washington, D.C. and During our tour of D.C., we went to the White House. But as we went to that White House, something strange happened. Um, there were several checkpoints. I realized I just couldn't go to the front door and ring the doorbell. Now, I don't know if there's a doorbell on the front porch, but if there is, I couldn't just freely go to the front door and say, hey, I would like a tour of the White House. I'd like to talk to the president. I'd like to speak with Miss Melania. That'd be great. No, I couldn't do that. I could get a tour of the place. And it was a, it was a neat tour to consider all of those who have come through and served as presidents through the years. But yet, I didn't have direct access to the president, to his family. But at any time, because of Christ Jesus, and at this time, because of Christ Jesus, we have direct access to the one who made us and to the one who made us new. And so with this, let us draw near with 
a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want to point out a few things about the heart here. One, we as the church have a true heart, a heart made clean by the grace of God. No longer a heart of stone that rejects God, but a heart that has been made soft to receive the love of God. And remember, it is God the Father who loved us first before we ever loved Him. We have true, genuine hearts that have a desire to worship God. But we also have filled hearts, a heart filled with confidence and assurance of faith. And so today, I hope as you're hearing this teaching, that your heart is filled with confidence in Christ, confident in these words that are before us, knowing that no matter what changes around us, this word forever and always holds true. But not only do we have a true heart and a filled heart, we have a clean heart and body, a heart that truly or fully trusts in the truth of Christ and his work on our behalf. This is the clean heart that trusts in Christ Jesus. May we hold to this trust. And, and in just a minute, we'll see that we hold to this good confession. We, the church, always rely upon the works of Christ. So this past week, I was reading in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 11. I believe it's the Chaldeans that God was using uh, to bring judgment against his people. And as I was reading in Habakkuk 1, I came across this verse when it referred to the Chaldeans. He says, then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. And when I read that part, it pierced my heart. The question I asked myself was, Brian, how often has your own might been your God? And in a time like this, you realize that your own might is nothing. But it is the mighty power of God that you should daily be trusting in and submitting yourself towards. And so I encourage you that if you feel like your might, your strength, your power has been shaken, praise be to God. Submit yourself to the mighty power of God today. So the first thing, the church confidently relies upon the work of Christ. Here's the second thing. The church confidently holds onto the good confession. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. What is this good confession? This is the confession that we make as followers of Jesus Christ that says Jesus is Lord. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He came to do the work for us that we could never do for ourselves. Romans 10, 9 and 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So as we believe this truth in our heart and we confess it with our mouths, we hold on to this good confession. In fact, here at Perimeter, we say that, look, you have a confession that you follow Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. But do you daily hold on to this confession? We trust, and especially after reading through the book of Hebrews, that once you receive salvation in Christ Jesus, you never lose that salvation because if you ever received that salvation, it was a gift given to you. It was a work of Christ. And so that work of Christ is secure. So we hold on to this good hope. We do not waver. We do not fall away from this hope. 
Acts 4.12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Christ is the only one who saves us. Christ is the only one who secures us. So the true church will not waver, but will remain faithful to the end, no matter what the circumstances. So I think about uh, an event that happened a few years ago. My wife woke up one morning and I was working out in the gym, the Anderson Global Gym, and she came outside with tears. And I knew immediately when I saw her that something serious had happened. And she said that her grandmother had passed away. And we expected it could be at any, any day, any time. But we loved her dearly. And death is always hard uh, to cope with and deal with. And our son, who was five at the time, came through the house and saw that his mother was crying. And he came and found me and he said, Dad, um, did Grandma pass away today? And I said, yes, son, she did. I said, but do, do you know what this means as we hold to the scriptures, as we hold to the hope in Christ? He says, yes, God gave us bodies that will die, but he gave us souls that will never die. And I thought, wow, but from the mouth of a five-year-old who had been faithfully taught the catechisms uh, here at Perimeter and at home. So when a moment of difficulty and tragedy happens, he quickly holds to what is true. And we've encouraged him along the way as he's placed faith in Christ. We're saying, are you continuing to hold faith in Christ? Do you have the good confession? Are you continuing to make the good confession before Christ? And I encourage you with this church, in, in times like this, hold to the good confession. Stay faithful. Trust in what God has already established and already taken care of on our behalf through Christ Jesus, knowing that no matter what we face, He remains the same always and forever. Finally, uh, the church confidently serves and encourages one another. Verses 24 and 25, we read, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This week, I've been greatly encouraged by the church. We as pastors and staff have been greatly encouraged by you. Uh, through phone calls, uh, some of you called this week and just said, Hey, how are you doing? How can we pray for you? Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for your love and taking the time to, to call. But then also, um, we're praying for you. And we love you. And again, we miss you. But we're encouraged by your encouragement and you taking the time to come alongside us. But then also yesterday, we held a food drive here. And normally, we have many of our seniors who help serve with the food bank. And we felt it was wise that they would stay home at this time. And they agreed, uh, maybe reluctantly, but they agreed. But yet we had 10 volunteers yesterday, and we were able to give bags of food to over 100 families, close to 500 people. It was an amazing morning, but we were encouraged just sharing the love of Christ Jesus with others. And for so many of you who brought food on Friday, loaves of bread and other items that we could feed these families. So thank you. And this is how God works. He works through his people. In a time like this, as we remain faithful, we encourage one another. We stir up one another. I was, always, I was also encouraged last night when I received a, a message on Facebook from Amanda, who's part of our community group. And she's saying, hey, can we gather together uh, tomorrow? 
uh, through Zoom. I don't, I don't even know what Zoom is. I'm learning about these things, but we're going to gather um, and see each other's faces over the computer this evening and have our community group time. I'm just grateful for all who came alongside and says, yes, we want to be a part of this. That's how we encourage one another. That's how we stir one another up in, in many different ways. And so may we be about the stirring up of one another and encouraging one another, provoking one another, pushing one another to look to Christ Jesus in these days. I think another thing I've seen is that we have been quick to want to pray with one another. So you may feel helpless. You may think, what can I do? Pick up the phone, call a brother or sister in Christ and say, can I pray for you? Call somebody you know that doesn't know Christ and say, hey, how are you doing? And I just want to take time to pray for you. Maybe God will, will work in a powerful way as, as we come to him in prayer. And we trust that he will. But then it brings us to this part. And, and this is really what was heavy upon my heart to share with you today. I want to put all this truth before you as we see in the scripture. But then this statement, not neglecting to meet together. Many people have a hard time getting past this in these days. And you know, this is not the first time that the church has faced um, this type of isolation, self-isolation and not meeting in, in big groups. Back in 1918, there was the Spanish flu in which many people here in the United States were impacted by the flu. And the government came forward and asked that theaters and churches and large group gatherings not meet for a time period in order to stop the spread of the flu at such a rapid pace. Sounds a lot like today. So although we may feel like we're facing something new, this is not new. There have been times like this before. And the church has endured through times like this before. And not only just endured, but been able to minister and serve. And so I encourage you to look for the many opportunities in which you can continue to encourage one another, stir one another up in the faith. And we will gather back together in this place again. And hopefully it's for a short time that we practice this separation. But I also want to point this out to you that we need to gather together. We need buildings like this, whether they're smaller buildings or bigger buildings than this, but we need to gather together as the church. A preaching's not the same without uh, people here publicly. So I feel more as this is a teaching time, and normally I don't sit down. If you sit down and preach normally, hey, more power uh, and glory to God. Uh, but I just want to take this time to point out that it is different, but we need to remember that this is not the new normal moving forward. But what I hope will happen in your home is that you will be filled with confidence, that men, you will be filled with confidence to lead your families in a time of prayer. You may think, I, I, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to a babble and, and it doesn't make sense a lot of times, I just encourage you to pray. Uh, to mothers, to pray with your families and, and over your children, that you would encourage one another, that you would read Scripture together. If you're saying, I, I don't know how to teach, what to teach, just open up the Scriptures and read them together. And what may happen in this time is that the homes are strengthened and that friendships are strengthened. Because I'm also thinking of those of you who are in a home where it's just you, but you can gather with other friends and encourage them. And some of you invited your friends over even today to join us in this time. Thank you for that. Uh, but I do hope that soon, as we gather back together in this place, that we will strengthen one another and challenge one another. And hear what Martin Luther, uh, the reformer, once said. He said, at home in my own house, 
There's no warmth or vigor in me, but in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. And so as we gather together, it is a fire that is being kindled among us. But yet that will return. There will be a day when that happens again. And we pray that day will be soon. But in the meantime, as we respectfully try to honor our government and slowing down the spread of this virus, be faithful in the home, be faithful in your friendships, be faithful when you're by yourself and live with confidence in what Christ has guaranteed and already accomplished on your behalf. Encourage one another. Oswald Chambers said, it is a most disturbing thing to be smitten in the ribs by some provoker from God, by someone who is full of spiritual activity. We know what he means. When we're around somebody who is full of the Holy Spirit, who is filled with the love of Christ Jesus, it challenges us, maybe even makes us feel uncomfortable. But what a great blessing that we have those who come alongside us, who challenge us to continue moving forward in the faith. And so we are grateful uh, for you and As I end this, I want to say that in all the more, as you see the day drawing near, uh, this is the word we receive from Hebrews, that this is why when the church is hard-pressed, we respond with genuine faith and confidence in Christ. Know that Christ will return. We don't know the time in which He will return, but we know that He will return soon. And so may we be a people who are confident in these days, and knowing that although there have been many things changing around us, God remains the same. Um, This is why we, as the church, when we're hard-pressed, we respond with genuine faith and obedience in Christ. So I encourage you to continue to obey, continue to trust in the Lord, that no matter our current circumstances, uh, the overarching plan of God does not shift or change. So with this, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want to encourage you uh, that if you need us this week, Uh, We'd love to hear from you, and we are working hard to to minister to you in the name of Christ. And so let us pray at this time. Father, thank you for your love. Lord, thank you for uh, this time in the Scripture. And Lord, we just ask that as it's been presented, and Lord, as we teach, that we receive your word, may we be stronger for it. And Father, may we be a confident people. We love you, Lord, and we trust in Christ. Amen. Amen.